attributes of God continued on. We looked last week at the love of God and we noted that he is a God of grace and mercy. And as well as long-suffering. And you know, we could spend a lot of time just on those uh, three aspects. His grace and his mercy and his long-suffering. But tonight my hope is that we will appreciate another attribute of God that we should also imitate in our lives. And I think many of us do. Many of us do imitate these things in our lives and we try to, to be uh, this attribute and show this attribute uh, in our lives to others and to people around us. And that attribute is God is good. We sing that song, don't we? God is good. God is so good to all of us. He answers prayers. But God is good. In Luke 18 and verses 18 and 19 that was read just a moment ago, and we're very familiar with this passage of <clears throat> when the young man come to Jesus and, <clears throat> and the ruler there, and he asked him, and he said, uh, Good master, he says, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus told him, <clears throat> First, he, I guess we could say, he silently rebuked him. And he said, why callest thou me good? None is good save one, and that is God. And then he goes on and he tells him about the commandments. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all of these I have kept from my youth up. And you know the rest, this course of the story. And how he told him to sell all he had and follow him and do, do good. And a young man could not do that. But the main part I want you to focus on right there is that he said, good. Why do you call me good? Good teacher, he said. Perhaps the intent, again, as I just mentioned a moment ago, was a silent rebuke. Maybe because of the Judaistic titles for God or was good. In the book of Psalms, in verse 106, if you go there, you will find the reference to that. Uh, in 106 and in verse uh, 1 of that chapter. So Psalms 106 in verse 1, the Bible says to us, Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for what? He is good. For his mercy endureth forever. So perhaps again, the young man and the young ruler there did not fully understand who he was talking here to. He was talking to Jesus. Jesus here is appealing with his silent rebuke. He's appealing to his deity, challenged, and he challenged the rich um, with that, the rich young ruler. He says, basically, are you willing to receive me for who I am? And when Jesus had that silent rebuke, 
what Jesus really meant and what he was saying was that the text there points out clearly that God is good. And he was, he was giving God that credit, that God is good. In fact, like all of his attributes, his goodness is greater than ours. He is the essence, if you will, when you take and attach that word and that thought to God, in essence of what it means to be good. That is God. Things that God, we know God for. Things that God does and God will do. We understand that that's what it means, that God is good. One commentary and one uh, dictionary as well, Vine says, God is essentially, now notice this, essentially, root word being essential, absolutely, absolute, and consummately good. That's what God means. It is a word, that word good, is a word associated with excellence. I don't think that we don't, all, we don't always give this word that strong meaning. Good often means that you're simply not bad. A lot of times we tell our children, you be good. Or that is good, whatever that, the case may be. But that word good that we're talking about tonight referring to God can be so much more. Now I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 5 and and verses 6 through 8. You know the scripture well. In verse 6 of chapter 5 of Romans, the Bible says to us, For when we were yet without strength, When we did not have the ability to save ourselves, in due time Christ died for what? The ungodly. Those who we could say tonight that would be the opposite of good. Okay? God is good. Christ died for the ungodly. Now notice in verse 7. For scarcely... For a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure or perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. And you know this one very well is my father-in-law's favorite verse. But God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners without the ability to save ourselves Christ died. For us. So the word good can mean so much more. And let's talk about that verse just for a moment. In this verse, the point being a righteous person, as used here, does really just enough to get by. But he will obey only the letter of the law, if you will. But while one is good, is willing to go further. The two combined, that righteousness and the good combined will create that person who will go further, if you will. And in result of that, God shows goodwill and kindness. 
And that is what we mean by appealing to the goodness of God. Truly, God is good. Everything he does is good. And it's done for our own good. Now, we have to understand that, don't we? We're talking about the word good here. God is good. God does good things. He, he, he gave his son a good thing. But that all the things that God does is done for our good. Now you think about that. <clears throat> let's think for a moment about the time or the last, last week or two weeks ago, two months ago, six months ago. Things really didn't go the way you wanted them to go. All right, I want you to pick out one, one thing. Maybe it's been a year ago. Maybe young people, it was in a relationship. Maybe it was uh, in, in something in school that you had to, to do whatever and, and it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Maybe it was a job and, and an aspect of that job and you didn't get that promotion or, or whatever the case may be. But now I want you to look as time has passed, things that God, when God's in control, and things work out for the good. Is that what the scripture says? For the good of those what? Who love him and obey his commandments. Everything's going to work out to the good, isn't it? But now six months ago or a year ago, we may have said that was the worst day of my life. But now look, look where we are now. I have a lot of those instances in my life. I've often tell you, I often tell you that now I'm old enough that I can look back and I can say, oh, I know why that didn't work out now. I know why that didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. Because now things are a lot better. Look where you are now compared to where you were back then. And I think we should be able to draw <clears throat> good meaning from that tonight. In considering the words that for us, uh, God being the goodness of God. Psalms 145 and verse 9 <clears throat> says this to us. The Bible reads that the Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. And his mercy are over all his works. <clears throat> now you think about that. The Lord is good to all. You say, well, how is he good to someone who is just a terrible person? Maybe has sin in their life. Well, I can tell you how he's good. He's long-suffering, isn't he? We go back to last week's, part of last week's sermon. He's good for that person. He's been good to me that when I was not where I needed to be in living the Christian life, that I didn't die. There's a lot of things that me and my cousins did. There's a, there's a, good, there's a great thing that we didn't die in all the things that we did. 
and all the crazy things we did that I look back now on and say, how did we escape that? I mean, I've told y'all some of the escapades that we've been on. But there's been part of my life, too, that I was not living for God and doing things that I should not do that God really had the right to allow me to be hurt very seriously and probably needed to be. So God's even good to all people who are suffering or who are sinful, rather. But he's also good to those, to the just, isn't he? We get greater blessings than what the world has. You know, we look around and we see greater things that God has done for us. You go, <clears throat> when we see there that the Lord is in Psalms 145 and nine, uh, verse 9, we see that his mercies are over all his works. His goodness is seen in all that he has done for us. David understood this as he wrote many of the songs in the Psalms here. You go to Psalms verse 8, or chapter 8 rather, in verses 3 and 4. When he said these words and penned these words, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? David recognized that, didn't he? He recognized that God was good to all. Now you go over to the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. And the Bible says to us there, If you then being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. You know the scripture well. You who are evil, that you know good, that you know to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? You see, he's saying, you being evil... You being where you are as mankind that you can figure out to do good to your children and to others, most certainly the God on high will be mindful of men and will give what is good to those who ask him. You see, God knows what is good. God knows what is good for all people. When you, uh, <coughs> excuse me, when you go to the book of Titus, in chapter three, and verse four, notice this with me. In Titus chapter three, in verse four, the Bible says, "But after that, the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared." Not by the works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which he shed on us abundantly through who? 
Jesus Christ our Savior. Also, that proves that baptism is not a work. It's something that we must do. But he ties Titus 3 and verse 4. We understand that it ties to his part in our salvation. And as a result of his goodness, let us consider the book of Romans in chapter 2 and verse 4. Let's think about that just for a moment. As a result of God's goodness, notice what Romans 2 and verse 4 says to us. The Bible reads, Oh, do you despise the riches of his goodness? Forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God does what? Leads you to repentance. God knows what is good for all. God has provided what is good for all. He allows us to have salvation. He leads us, his goodness should lead us to repentance. We can look at that scripture in one way. Let me ask you this question. Has God been good to you tonight? Has God been good to you? Okay, I see a few. Do y'all not believe God's been good to you? Some of y'all? God's been good to me. I'm going to tell you, God blessed, blessed me. Starting off, he blessed me with the family in which he placed me. He placed me... Sometimes, well, we can say one way, not such a good home. But God's seen me through that. God put people in my life that helped me not to go down that road. God's been good to me. So it wasn't enough just to have a mother and other family members and grandfather and others at church who encouraged me. He says, you need a little more. God brought my sweet joys in my life. God's been good to me. She helped me to be a better person. She helped me to want to help her go to heaven. And it works both ways. God's been good to me. And I hadn't even mentioned all the material things. God's been good to me. In the spiritual things, he provided me a way of salvation. God's been good to me. After about three, nearly four years, God was even better to me. Our firstborn was born, September the 18th of 1998. God's been good. Then on May the 27th of 2002, my second was born. God's been good. And then February the 20th, right? As, they, as you get more, you forget. <laughs> I can't remember them all. Uh, February the 20th of 2006. 
1998, I said, I want to go back and be a teacher. I've worked in a factory long enough. I wanted to achieve a, a dream that I had to teach public <coughs> school in the school system. God's been good. Provided a way. Um, in the later part of that, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. Do we go to Tennessee or do we stay in Alabama? God gave us direction, and you see where we are. God's been good. You could tell the same story in your life. God's been good. And what that scripture is saying, that his goodness leads you, should lead you to repentance. When you look at all that God has done for you, And how he has blessed you. And how he will bless you. We should be able to say God is good. And why would I not repent and be baptized for the remission of my sins? Why would I not know that if I'm living in sin, I would not those sins and have prayer why would I not give God my best in everything that I do because everything that I have God has been good in giving it you see that's what we're talking about tonight the goodness of God we should want to do those things <clears throat> because God has been good. Romans 11 and verse 22 says this. Therefore behold, behold, know, realize the goodness and the severity of God on those who fail, severity. But toward you, goodness. How does he end that? If you, what? Continue in his goodness. The goodness of God. Only is God good, and in that goodness... God is truth and wisdom. Let's think about that for the next five minutes or so. God is truth and wisdom. In the book of John, chapter 18, and verses 37 and 38, Jesus stood before Pilate. When Jesus stood before Pilate, he said, Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And as our Lord spoke those words, it prompted Pilate to say what? What is truth? What is truth? 
We live in a society that believes, for the most part, a large majority, that there's no absolute truth. There's no way to know absolute things. Everything is open for discussion. That's not how God created the earth, is it? Or created man. It's not how he created everything. God did not do that. Truth is something that he understood emanated from God. Where did truth come from? God. The truth about what? The truth about that a, a, a young man who is born with the right chromosomes and, and the way God intended for him is a man. That's truth. A woman with the right makeup as God created a woman is a woman. That is the truth. God created the order of the planets. And the sun at the right distance that it does not burn up we humans while on this planet. That is the truth. You see, in its basest sense, truth is that which is opposite of what is, a, is false or a lie. Now think about that. False or a lie. Vine's definition puts this to it. The reality lying at the basis of an appearance or the manifested or the veritable essence of a matter. What we know something is because of how God created it. We know that a man is a man. Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? We know that a woman is a woman. And that it is impossible for a woman and a woman to procreate and make a child because that is the truth because God created it that way. You see, but we live in a world that argues with that. Truth. Tonight, God is truth in every sense of the word. God is truth. What God has said will happen and it comes to pass. Go read your Bible. Look at secular history. What God has said will happen and comes to pass. What is created and was created by his word and continues by the very same word. You think about that. What he has created continues by the very same word. Real quickly, go to 2 Peter with me before we close. 
2 Peter 3, in verses 5 through 7. Notice what the Bible says to us. 2 Peter 3, in verses 5 through 7. For this they willingly are ignorant of or willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store. By whose word? God's word. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition or destruction of what? Ungodly men. What was created by his word. It continues in 2022 by the very same word. The laws of nature are true because he spoke them into existence. Gravity. Can't argue with gravity. Everything that goes up must come down. Now we'll stop right there tonight because I want us to talk about the laws of nature because everything in another lesson, the laws of nature. God spoke into existence man and mankind. God spoke his word and the Holy Spirit brought it down to man, the pen of man. And God says in his word that one man must be baptized and washed for the remission of his sins to be saved to go to heaven. His word. That's true. Why is it true? Existence now or then is still in existence today because God. 
Or will you take repentance and say, I need to repent. I need to make things better. I need to 